0: This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crowe. I'm a life and self-leadership coach for authentic and ambitious small business owners and professionals. I show up here in your ears as a transparent leader doing the same inner and outer work that you are. I'm here to remind you that you're probably a gardener and not a machine and that soft, sustainable, and soulful success is actually available to you on your own terms. Emotional presence and wellness are also available to you as someone who juggles both an amazing business and a beautiful life. I'm here to remind you that more is not better. Better is better. Hey, hey. It's been a while since I recorded a podcast. I pretty much have taken all of February off, little life drama in a couple areas going on. And I just made space for myself to not be constantly creating. So, this is episode number 164. And today we're going to talk about dumb goals. You've heard of smart goals. <laughs> I don't know about smart, uh, specific, measurable What are they? Let me see. Hold on. I should know this. Um, Attainable, relevant, and time based. I get it. If that works for you, this podcast may not be for you. This episode may not be for you. And um, I was reflecting this weekend, not this weekend, I was reflecting last week, and I actually wrote a love letter to my email list about dumb goals. And so many people hit the reply button. And a few people ask me how to set dumb goals. And so let me set a little context of where dumb goals came from. And then I will talk about the things that dumb goals focus on. So the first thing is I, I have an event that, well, let me even start before the event. <laughs> um, I remember when I left corporate and was considering doing my very first online class I wanted 10 people in that class and I prepared and I wrote the entire class. And I had people saying, oh, I'll join your class. I'll join your class. And then when I put the class online, this was back in like 2010 or 11, not a single person signed up. It was a giant goose egg. And I know many people in the course of my coaching career who have also been coaches or service providers and have gotten big fat goose eggs. I know many people who have never sold out a thing. And I know many people who say they've sold out, but they've given away a lot of tickets. And um, that's fine. I've, I've done that before, too. My very first event, I did not have anywhere near the number of people I wanted. And actually, until recently, so I did my very first retreat in 2013 and have been doing retreats and events since then. And honestly, until now, I've never actually sold out the entire event where I cannot add another person. Frankly, I've never even come close to the numbers I wanted, right? So if I wanted 14, I had 7. If I wanted 50, I had 35. And um, this year, I decided to change Camp Starheart, just entirely change the energy of everything. We're moving venues... Um, I raised the price up by thousand dollars, and um, I hadn't I hadn't done a sales page because I just hadn't spent the I haven't hadn't focused on it, and I sold it out way back um, at the end of not the end but last fall I sold it out, and then recently I had two um, European clients who aren't going to be able to come because of travel restrictions, and so. I offered those up just quietly to my community and they were immediately taken. And I was like, my God, that feels good. To legitimately sell something out. Not to be able to tell y'all that it sold out, but to be able to now I get to spend all my energy in the creation of the event, not worrying about selling it. And when you do a really big expensive event, it's hard not to worry about selling it because you're spending a lot of money (laughs) when you do like I'm renting an entire ranch (laughs) for my clients. So um, and I realized, you know, I never set a goal of having 50 people. So 49 people, 48 people plus me and my assistant, there's capacity for 50 at this event. 50 including us. So 48 people. And I never said like in my mind, 48 people, 48 people, 48 people. I just said in my mind, I want, this is what I want the event to be. This is the energy that I want to have. And as I was thinking about this and I was like, I quit thinking about numbers a long time ago. Very early in my real estate career, they taught us like focus on numbers, focus on smart goals. And I... You know, would have these number goals in real estate because that's what we did. And I never hit them. But when I stopped setting goals, I like did way more than I ever believed I could. (laughs) And the same thing in the coaching world. And so I get the concept of having an initial math equation to make sure you're hitting your Um, In income goals that are not arbitrary, that are based on like, I remember when I very first left Keller Williams and started coaching on my my own, um, my boss at the time was like, I can't believe you would leave us. And I can't believe you would leave a hundred thousand agents. And at the time I had 47 one-on-one clients and I was like, lady, I'm not leaving you. I'm going towards me. And I need seven. I need a minimum of $7,000 a month to run my household and my business. (laughs) and to have a breathing room. And um, so I've always known my bottom line numbers and anything above that would be fun and joyful. And I certainly spent years worrying and I certainly spent years trying and I certainly spent years with coaches telling me to set SMART goals, etc. And so as I was reflecting on this the other day, as I told my email list people... I was like, what's the opposite of smart? And I was like, dumb. And I was like, if dumb were an acronym for goals, and I was like, oh, this works. Dumb goals for me, said in the first person, is don't underestimate my being. And many of my clients know. So I have this little chart. I'm going to hold it up on the video. I will post it in the show notes. If you're audio, don't go giving me some damn review that says, she's showing visuals on her podcast. It's in the um, show notes. And so on the left side is being and on the right side is doing. And so much of us in the business world are taught to focus on mindset, and then doing. Mindset and then doing. And I've noticed that over the years, when things are going well, even when things are not, but what really serves me is to spend most of my time cultivating my being. And so, in honor of those who sent a reply to my email and said, how do you set being goals? First of all, they're not numerical. And I'm just going to go down this sweet little list of being For me, being is about cultivating your identity, cultivating your beliefs, cultivating your energy. That's a huge one for me cultivating my mindset and cultivating my capacity and willingness to lead myself and to lead all parts of myself. So, on here it says self-leadership and I'm referring to the internal family systems concept that I've been working with with my clients where we have a higher self and we do not reject the difficult parts of us. We actually learn how to love and compassionately care for and meet. How do we lead the uncomfortable parts of ourselves? Being is about resilience, your (laughs) self-trust, trusting yourself. That has been huge for me, Um, learning to trust myself, which means learning to trust myself if things don't go the way I thought. And so, here's what's fabulous about all the times i never ever, quote, sold out an event or a class or a retreat or a mastermind or whatever it is I was selling. Self-trust is about the way that I be with myself when I don't hit my goals. And what I know is that everything has worked out absolutely brilliantly and perfectly. And the right people are always in the room. Um, so self-trust, courage, the willingness to be uncomfortable. And if you know me, you know that I'm an Enneagram 7. And for the first half, some of you, some of my clients have been with me for 10, 12 years. And they know the very high Enneagram 7, Allison, that avoided pain and discomfort at all costs. And I have become someone through being work, through don't underestimate my being work, through cultivation, I have focused on becoming, becoming someone who has the capacity and care and connection to be with uncomfortable emotions, sensations, and thoughts. So that's huge. Um, ownership. Oh, my goodness. Ownership is a huge part of cultivating your being. To me, ownership is recognizing how much I actually can control, how much power I actually have. In Solis, we call it be a decider, right? Are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a decider? Then I also realized this is, this is becoming one of my favorite ones as a part of my identity shift. It didn't used to be but recognizing that my habits uh, create my mood. <laughs> and so if I'm going to set being goals that are really based on my energy, my not just my fickle mood, but the energy and essence of who I be from day to day, then I'm going to really have to take care of my nurturing habits. And so I, the things that are on my goal list this year are all nurturing habits. They're all about getting steps in. They're all about a couple of times a week doing my rowing machine. They're all about eating well. They're all about rest. They're all about doing my daily parts practice. They're all about allowing help, right? So I call those the nourishing practices. Nourishing practices are your habits and your habits really do create your mood. (laughs) And your mood... Mood is not the right word, but habits create your mood. And I know when I'm in a funky mood, I ain't selling shit. (laughs) Even if I say all the right words, it's going to affect my sales. And so when I say mood, I mean the energy of who I'm being in the moment. And there are times when my mood is constricted, and there are times when my mood is open and clear, and that's when selling becomes effective. So, the last thing on the being side, the last section of my little chart is to manage with compassion your nervous system and your emotions. How do we self-lead when we are in overwhelm, confusion, procrastination, comparison, frothing, doubt, and fear? And I have experienced all of those things as a small business owner. And never did putting a number goal on those things help. So, trying to eliminate overwhelm, confusion, procrastination, comparison, frothing, doubt, and fear never served me. What is serving me and what is serving my clients is how do I meet and actually move towards those parts of me with compassion, with care, with deep, loving connection. And what I find is if my nervous system is in overwhelm, for example, I say, they're there, overwhelm. I see you. I won't leave you. I'm here for you. And I really work on A, noticing, B, unblending so that overwhelm is not the one driving the bus of my system. And then, good morning, and then as I notice these parts of me, my goal has It used to be to fix these parts or to coach these parts. And it used to be self-coaching. And it is not that anymore. Now my the way my being goals are, dumb goals, don't underestimate my being, is how will I be with my overwhelm? And I do imagine myself in multiple personalities. I think we all have multiple parts. This is not a diagnosis, it's just the way our psyches are made up. And so I will be present and attune to my overwhelm actually allowing my overwhelm to attune to my calm presence and it reminds me of i wish i i wish i i need to find the video i'm not quite sure how to find it i'll figure it out but a a long time ago i saw a dog rescue video and it was this little poodle-ish looking white fuzzy looking dog that was in a shelter and she was terrified and she was extremely extremely aggressive. And they had put her on the kill list for euthanasia because they thought she wasn't adoptable. And there was a gentleman who was like, no, this dog is not aggressive. This dog is terrified. And this dog's nervous system is completely blown out. And so, he began to sit outside her kennel and she would curl up in the corner and... (laughs) And day after day, he would sit outside the kennel until she was quiet. And then he moved in and she kind of growled and got aggressive again. And then he just sat with her. He acclimated and attuned and he kept loving, calm presence. And slowly her nervous system began to relax and trust. And sure enough, over time, that little puppy, melted, trusted, was not aggressive at all. She was just terrified. And most of us are running around this world in our systems with uh, overwhelmed nervous systems and old shit coming up that we've been pushing down various ways, pushing pushing down, pushing down, pushing down, pushing down. And at some point, it just can't handle it anymore. So that's an example of like being with overwhelm is... Well, I'm not finished. So so the attunement and just being calm with it. And once I'm calm with it, I can, I can literally in my own mind's eye, and I do it with words. Other of my clients do it with colors or pictures or body sensations, but my brain thinks in words. And so I say, um, I'm here for you. I will not leave you. Is there anything you want me to know is the beginning of the conversation. And what I found is that these difficult emotions, overwhelm, confusion, procrastination, comparison, frothing, doubt, and fear will have information for me about my healing, about what they need to feel safe, about what they need to slow down. About what my body needs, it's actually quite miraculous to begin to have a dialogue with yourself and to be curious with yourself. And it's so interesting because, gosh, I'm, I'm a coach and a consultant for a living. And so, and, and starting out as a business coach, I often, often have a lot of fucking advice for people, but advice not invited. Creates defense, and so often we have advice for our uncomfortable emotions: "Fuck your fears, get out of here, uh, feel the fear and do it anyways." You know all these things that are actually pretty violent in our inner worlds. And so, learning the skills—this is something I've been working on with my clients for the past uh, year plus—and I'm diving deeper into is how to manage my nervous system and my emotions with compassion, with care. And how to glean the information that these parts of me want to know. And as I do that, what happens is my whole physical, emotional, mental being begins to relax. And when I'm relaxed and rested, and when the parts of me are um, feeling safe, then I am able to act with clarity, to act with courage, to act with confidence. My confidence becomes true confidence instead of ego confidence <laughs> it's there's a there's a different vibration to the confidence and so yes on the doing side of this list there's all the marketing there's all the who there's all the how to and i still enjoy doing this deep emotional work in the context of business owners and the problems that they uniquely face especially solopreneurs or people who are their own brand but don't underestimate my being goals. And you are welcome to use... I actually, I, I have a version of this little this little piece of paper. And I'll, I will create a PDF download that you can grab off of the um, podcast. I have it printed out. And I have a couple of them printed out. And one of them, sometimes I fold in half so that I can only see the being side. And if you want to begin to set dumb goals, and I say that with so much love and snark, um, go down this list and do some self-inquiry. Do some loving self-reflection is who is the person that I want to be? How do I see myself? What do I believe that is working for me? And what do I believe? And I call these, I don't want to call them negative, but like I call it useful. What's useful? Do I have beliefs that are not useful in the direction of my dreams? Um. If you want to learn more about self-leadership, come be a solely. That's the greatest place to do it. Come be a solely because we're doing it in community. We're doing it together. We're attuning one another. We are, um, our nervous systems are all becoming more relaxed as we own and market our businesses and take care of our clients. Um, check in with your resilience. Check in with self-trust. Ask yourself questions, not like how to, but what would I have to believe to build my self-trust? What parts of me, I actually have entire episodes on how do we actually trust ourselves? Well, you have to, or how do we actually be ourselves? Like be you authentic? How do we do that? You can't really be yourself when you're ignoring a whole lot of yourself. (laughs) And so meet yourself, get to know all your parts, trust yourself is the more I meet myself, the more I trust myself, the more I meet and spend time with and attune and just be present with the difficult, the parts of me that for years I hid away. And by the way, let me point this out. As I look around the world, frankly, I don't see anybody who's not dealing with this, but my people have their own unique expression of it. There are many people who outsource discomfort through drugs, alcohol, overdoing, shopping, gambling, pornography, spiritual stuff, whatever. My particular flavor, (laughs) the people that I work with, I noticed we all have some things in common. We all actually outsource discomfort with really sociable, social, socially uh, let me get my words right. We all outsource discomfort with socially acceptable and rewarded behavior. People pleasing, over functioning, high performance, look good, be good, achievement. So, I, my, me and my people are recovering overachievers. We still want to achieve. It doesn't mean just because we're recovering from overachievement. We're recovering from the motive underneath the overachievement. We're recovering from the motive, the fear-based achievement, the pretzeling and bending to society, the fear of rejection. And how do you get over the fear of rejection? You quit rejecting all your parts. And this is a slow and gentle and not sexy to the outer world. It is not, oh, let me help you how to do this in six weeks. It is a new way of literally being. How do you adjust the way you be with yourself in the world takes time and practice. It takes presence it takes a willingness to come back to yourself over and over and over and over again. And it is the most glorious fucking journey I've ever been on. And it is the most glorious fucking journey I invite you to be on. And so that, my friends, is a little overview. <laughs> because I really can't. in a how to set dumb goals. I can't set dumb goals for you. This is the final piece. I can't set the structure or the essence of that for any of you, but I can point you back to you. There is so much wisdom inside of you that society, your experience, um, your familiar system, the patriarchy has taught you To look outside of you for information and for validation. And most of the information that we need of how to, we can get in a YouTube or a TikTok, but all the other source, we've got to learn to look inside. And that is my job in this world is to help you find your wisdom on the inside. And so I can't tell you how you need to be, but you can begin to focus on. If I weren't underestimating the power of my being, how would I move through the world? What would my thinking? What would my energy? What my, would my habits be? You get to decide for you what being means. And it's not concrete and it's not automatic. It's a, a nourishing regenerative experience that is my hope for you um, because I believe that your being, your state, my, my being, my state of being is primary. My state of being is the source from which I have the most power and love in my own life. And that's my wish for you. So that's what I have for you today. How to set dumb goals. Don't underestimate my being. Thanks for your patience. As I um, took some time off in February from the podcast, I am back. Um, the doors to Solis are open right now. If you would like to become a member of Solis, Solis is my live coaching membership where we... um Spend time in the context of business and in life, learning how to (laughs) welcome all our parts, how to nourish our being, um, and how to take courageous action from a nourished being state. Um, We also community is huge. Every single week, everybody on the calls is like, I'm here for community and connection. I'm here for community and connection. I'm here to attune with the energy of this room so that I can go out into the world. Because a lot of us are really suffering from loneliness. Um, from not being held um, and not just from the spaces where we're not feeling great, but from the spaces where we are feeling great. So it's just a beautiful community where you have the opportunity to be live coach twice a week. you don't have to come twice a week. And then the bonus on top of it is I've got tons of content courses for those of you that think you need that. Um, the cost is 333 a month. There's no long term. People ask, is there a long term? No, there's no long term. Come in 333 if it's not for you. And you've attended at least four sessions, one a week for a month. I'll refund your money if it's not for you. Um, We have 50 members right now, which is perfect. Um, And if you'd like to come and be number 51 or number 52, my heart would welcome you. You get really close access to me for 333 a month. And my one-on-one clients... uh, pay a whole lot more. So this is one of my ways of making um, connection and coaching with me and community really accessible. I know that even 333 is really expensive for a lot of people, but it's the price that it is. I love you. I'm going to go get ready for my coaching call this morning. If you like this episode, I know some of you are watching live. I got the loud hug talker husband in the background. I know that um, some of you are watching live. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast, sharing your um, sharing sharing is caring. Oh, and coming up soon—I don't know when, but coming up soon—I'm going to be sharing a little bit, almost in real time. Um, I've had my adult ADD diagnosis, and I'm having massive insights around that. And so, I'll be sharing more about being a grown-ass woman who was diagnosed with ADD Sorry. and the impact. Um, So that's something you have to look forward to and some wisdom from finally turning 50. All right. Peace out y'all. I'll see you soon. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, come check out the solely self-leadership society. It's my online coaching membership community, a networking community, a place to belong and a place where you can be coached by me in life and business. We dive deep into the practices of both being and doing that help us create our unique version of soulful success. It's a special community of small business owners just like you, and it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.coachwithallison.com. As always, thanks for listening. And I want to give a special shout out to Elise Rich from Wide Awake Recordings for her sound production each week on my episodes, especially the car episodes, and for her music composition for my intro and outro. This show is sponsored by my three dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adopting when you get your next pet. More is not better, better is better.